Hi, I'm Shelley Cameron, CEO of the City of Philadelphia's Division of Aviation, and you're listening to my podcast, Taking Off with Shelley Cameron, where I take you behind the scenes of the Philadelphia International Airport and the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. Taking Off is a rare glimpse inside one of the busiest airports in the United States. The winter months in the Northeast are always a challenge. Since we're now in the dead of the winter season and have already experienced a few snow events, although it's been a better year than it could have been, We wanted to give the listeners a behind-the-scenes tour and understanding of all that goes into keeping the runways clean and the airport operational during a snowstorm. Joining me today is Tony Alphonse, our airport pavement and ground superintendent, and Wally Dubois, our operations officer supervisor. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm really excited for both of you to have a chance to talk to folks about what you do because I think it's it's one of the most interesting aspects of being part of an airport operation is how do you make sure the airplanes take off in a safe way, right? Tony, you run and maintain the unit responsible for all the equipment and crews for snow removal. Can you talk to our listeners about what that really means? Well, what it really means is getting people on the same page. We start out in early August, September with training, and we go through six, seven different trainings. Make sure everybody's well-established or they're familiar with the equipment and our formations. It's not anything like plowing out on the streets. We have to go by FAA 139 inspection rules. So snow removal operations, a lot of people probably don't know, are actually governed by regulations through the FAA, right? Correct. Correct. That's amazing. We We have to have all the navigational aids exposed, paint markings, lighting, and also to have the surface clean. How many pieces of equipment do we have for snow removal? 50 pieces of equipment, 43 of which we use it on air side, 7 on land side. We're responsible for the roadways out front also. That's a lot of people and, and pretty big crews. How do you do that when a storm is more than a regular 8-hour shift? We actually break off into two teams, 6 hours on, 6 hours off. So we have 6 hours where we're actually working, and the other team is on their downtime. And we switch out, so we always have a fresh team constantly working. So, Wally, you're the one up in the tower, in the ramp control tower, um, supervising airport operations and making sure that, you know, you're, you're kind of supervising the efforts that Tony and some of the other teams are doing, right? So talk about your role and what you look for and, and why that's important. The FAA has regulations and standards for pretty much everything that we do on the airfield. And and like I mentioned, snow removal is no different. So the FAA requires us to have a snow and ice control plan that details the pre and post storm preparation. So what that means is, you know, our training, our fleet maintenance, just getting ready for the storm. In that plan, we have to have sufficient snow removal equipment. So the minimum amount of equipment that we need to, you know, clear the airfield. It also means that we have to identify priority surfaces. You know, what are the uh, priority surfaces that we need to keep the airport open? We also need to have accurate reporting of the runway conditions. So all of those responsibilities outlined in that plan are important, but one of the most important is the runway condition reporting. That's what pilots and airport users use to identify safe runway distance that they need to stop an aircraft after an aborted takeoff or landing operations job to make sure that we're accurately reporting the uh, surface conditions, you know, making sure that we're adhering to the snow and ice control plan. So so when you say surface conditions, what does that mean? We're out there, we're evaluating the payment for the type of snow that's out there, the depth, and the coverage levels. You know, we, we put those numbers into a matrix that the FAA has approved, 
and that will spit out a number that the users will identify with a certain surface condition. So zero would be, you know, basically a skating rink, and, you know, six would be dry conditions. So it's almost like operations, airport operations does the planning and, and kind of the monitoring every, of everything. And, Tony, you're the one that actually makes it happen, right? So do you and Wally talk during an event and coordinate, and how does that work? Wally and I actually start coordinating before the event, sometimes oh, so days in advance. Yeah. We'll plan on, you know, forecast what we're looking at, what kind of storms you know, how much snow we're going to be getting, and then we plan what kind of equipment we're going to need. Then that, that helps me out with my planning of how many people I'm going to need to cover that equipment and for how long. It starts snowing, me and Wally are talking again. Okay, what team are we going out first with? Who's going to be in charge? Who's our contacts? What kind of conditions are we looking at now? What priorities are the airport looking for as far as what runways they need, you know, open, cleared, and, and which ones we're going to maintain through the storm? So what role do the airlines play in preparing for a snowstorm? How do they get incorporated in your planning? When we have a major storm coming up, we'll start having conference calls with the airlines and stakeholders and kind of gauge where they're at with the storm, whether they're reducing their flights, you know, what they're expecting traffic-wise. And then we kind of gauge how we're going to fight the snow, you know, with all that traffic moving around. So it's the airlines that cancel the flights, right? Not the airport. Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think people realize all the different players that have to come together, right? Because you also talk to the FAA, talk to weather forecasters. It's really a whole team that comes together so that we know what is coming our way and then how we handle through it. How have things changed with, with how the airlines handle a storm? The FAA made a minimum number of time that you can uh, keep passengers on an aircraft without allowing them the opportunity to get off. Long on board for a domestic would be three hours, and a long on board for an international would be four hours. And after that time frame, the airlines could face additional you know, monetary penalties. So how do they try to manage those long on boards with what they do when a storm's coming? So when we have a storm coming, you know, the FAA will get ready for it by being on the conference call. They may have to reduce our capacity. And because of that, you know, the airlines are also going to have to reduce the amount of flights coming into PHL, and that involves a lot of cancellations, trying to get ahead of the game versus, you know, having the storm come through here and all these passengers converging at the airport. Thank you. All right, so we're going to go to a different part of this episode, and I'm going to talk about some fun facts, so things that our listeners may not know about, and so when I throw out a fact, if one of you could kind of jump in and explain what it means and, and why it's important to us, that'd be awesome. The airfields are broom dry so they don't freeze. We want to maintain a dry condition at all times. That, that's our, our best condition we could possibly have, and we maintain that as practical as possible. So if we get rain and an instant freeze behind it, of course, all the water is going to freeze, so we, we try to broom them dry to, to facilitate drying. Uh, and where we won't have to deal with ice for the you know, next two or three days or a thaw. So, Tony, keep going and tell me what a multi-purpose piece of equipment is all about. Yeah, multi-purpose equipment or multifunction equipment as we call them. It's a piece of equipment that does just that, multiple things. It has a plow on the front, it has a broom in the middle, and it has a blower on the back. You plow the snow off, the broom comes by, brushes it down, and gets it 
down to almost clean asphalt. And any residual, the blower in the back will, will just air, air dry or air blow the snow away. That's a real experience being out on the airfield during a storm and seeing what they have to go through to manage that equipment and how they all have to come together, right? I think of you as a conductor of an orchestra, right? And you're trying to get everybody to play their instruments at the right time and come together, right? Absolutely right. And, and that's why we start training so early. Would one of you talk about the special friction value test and how we do that? In coordination with our uh, airfield assessments, a lot of them are visual. So we're looking at the, uh, the type of snow, the depths, we're plugging them into that matrix. But we also use a, uh, an actual friction tester, which is a, a piece of equipment that's on a trailer and we uh, actually tow it down the runway and that spits out friction values. And we use those numbers to kind of gauge whether we're accurately reporting what's out there. And in simplest terms, a friction tester tells us how slick the runway is. So it's like a double check. So we know what the pavement temperature is. We know what has fallen on it. We know what chemical we may have applied. This is just like the double-double check to make sure that, that everything's the way it needs to be, right? Yeah, we have a lot of different tools that we use in order to evaluate the runway. And we won't give the runway back unless it's in the best condition that it could possibly be for arriving and departing traffic. So, Tony, can you talk about what kinds of chemicals are used to aid the equipment that you use to clear the runways? We use liquid deicer chemical, uh, E36, which is basically liquid potassium acetate. And depending on what kind of ice we have formed or expecting, we'll use the liquid deicer to actually pre-treat, almost like brining a street surface. Although we can't use brine on the airfield because of corrosive reasons for the so aircraft. So salt and aluminum don't mix. Exactly. Go back to your high school chemistry <laughs> class, right? If we do get into a situation where ice does bond to the surface, then we'll move to the solid deicers. You also can't have berms of snow. It needs to be feathered. Talk about what that means and why. Well, if you look at plows out on the street, they'll go by and they'll leave, you know, a two, three, four foot snow berm and plow your car in and you have to dig it out. Yeah, usually in front of your driveway, right? Usually, yeah, <laughs> after you're done shoveling. Yeah. Here we can't do that because some aircraft are lower than others. We have to take into consider wingtip clearances and aircraft, believe it or not, just don't have the power from a standstill to go over that snow berm. So we can't leave any kind of piles at all out there. We have to push them off as far as we can, but also kind of feather them out instead of leaving one big mound. We have to spread that out. Talk for a minute about all of the different obstacles you have that could get in the way when you're out there plowing on the runway. Because folks see it out the window when they fly, but what kinds of things are, are really obstacles for you all to avoid as you plow? We don't want to hit any of the navigational aids, which would be edge lights, marker lights, things of that sort, and runway end lights. But also, believe it or not, aircraft are in our way out there. The less we have to deal with and move around and turn around out there, the better off we are. I myself have gotten in the way of my equipment. Ops guys are always driving in front of us, so there's a lot to take into consideration. <laughs> and most importantly, we have to remember at all times that on the airfield, aircraft have the right of way at all times. An aircraft needs to taxi in front of us, we need to stop. Sometimes we need to turn around and come back. The rule I was taught when I first started working at a commercial airport 20 years ago was if it's bigger than you, you yield to it, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which mainly is the, the aircraft and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Snow impacts everybody working at the airport. So you're part of airport operations, so you're not just looking at the airfield, right? What are some of the other things and, and pieces of coordination that go into a snow event? Like Tony mentioned, you know, way before the storm even comes here, you know, we're starting to prepare by training. Based off of the forecast, we start getting our staffing levels together. So we're 
coordinating with all the uh, airport operations people. And then we're talking to Tony, you know, making sure he's got his staffing in place. You know, we start hearing from the other maintenance departments, like electrical, custodial. There's a lot of people that have to come to the airport. Because the custodians do what during snow? They do all the land side, the icing and snow removal for the sidewalks, a lot of that prep work. So, you know, there's a lot of hard work. It is, yes. They also come in relief drive for pavements and grounds. A lot of people don't know. It's not just pavements and grounds driving that equipment. It's the other trades and custodial units and maintenance units that come over and and help out. Yeah. So one last fun fact. I forgot to ask this. So, Tony, I've seen some pictures. I haven't been over to see them myself, but I understand we named our vehicles this year. Can you share with our listeners some of the names that the guys came up with for their equipment? Uh, yeah, Keith Bruni, our chief operations officer, he asked if we could name the equipment. He thought it would be a good idea, so we put it to our operators to name their equipment, and they came up with names such as Snow Miser, Snow Slayer. They're all snow-related, and we're going to have to come up with seven more names because, as you know, we've put in for seven new pieces of multifunction equipment. The first due for delivery in March. So i got to tell you, I was impressed with the creativity of the names. Let's see if they can come up with seven new ones, though, right? It it took a while, and it took some thinking and and kicking around, but we we finally narrowed them down. (laughs) Cool. So I want to close by talking about safety, because some folks, I think, worry about flying during a snowstorm and who's watching out for things and how does it all work and other folks don't think about it at all but I know that you and Keith and myself and others at the airport we think about it every minute when the snowstorm is forecast and when it's happening about safety and safety first can you talk a little bit about what you think about and what you do why that's important to you? I think it goes back to our best practices. We always have post-storm meetings that come up with our best practices, things that work the best. We're always trying new things. Safety is always at the top of that list. It might look like we're just driving around haphazardly out there moving snow, but every move is deliberate, and everybody pretty much knows what the next guy is going to be doing, where they're going to be going. And again, it goes back to the training and practicing. Yeah, and I, I think it would make people feel good to know that, that there is a whole team of folks out there every time a snowflake is in the air making sure that that airfield is safe, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is maybe we're getting a, a couple flurries or a coating of snow forecast. We're still planning like we're going to go out there and treat the runways. We're, yep. we're overprepared, I think, but it's a good place to be. I agree. The mantra I heard that you guys live by is, would I let my mother taxi and take off her land on this <laughs> runway, right? I say that all the time. <laughs> um, and, and it's true. I mean, would you want to be on that aircraft landing on that runway? Most folks don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and it, it can be nerve-wracking. You're landing in a snowstorm, and of course you're always thinking the worst, but we're, we're out there making it the best for you. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you do. I know that our listeners will be grateful knowing that there's a lot of deliberation and work that goes into those events. And goodness knows I appreciate you every minute of every day, but especially during a snowstorm. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's all the time we have for today. Tony and Wally, again, thank you for joining me. We will put up some photos of Tony's newly named vehicles in the fleet, so you can take a look at those names as well. To learn more about Philadelphia International Airport, please visit phl.org. I'm Shelly Cameron. Thank you for listening.